Well, good morning and welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy show on the Big 550. KTRS, it is 1010 on this Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I am Wendy Weiss. Jennifer Blome this morning or this afternoon, I don't know when, is being inducted into the initial, I think it's the first class of the KSDK Hall of Fame. So she is out today. She'll be back tomorrow to tell us all about it. Connor McCarthy here is uh, my co-pilot today. Hello there. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. Okay. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of cars That's our, show. The, That's the, our uh, show for today. <laughs> there's a lot of cars in the parking garage this morning. I don't know if, if you noticed that when you came in. I've noticed that every day. I had to park like a... I had to park on the second floor. See, you were saying that you were going to be part... You almost had to park at McDonald's um, mm-hmm. off of Lackland. Right. Right. Um, and we have noticed this more and more, but I think that's because of New Westport Plaza. There's a lot of construction. So yeah. I think there's a lot of people here and people that can't park where they normally park. So right. it makes sense. Yeah. And I have always uh, parked upstairs because if I have to, if I have to walk <laughs> Three miles to the elevator, it's just it's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You don't take a page out of McGraw's book and park. What does in, he? I don't know what he does. He used to. He'll park in like the the parking that's supposed to be for something, but he'll park in it even if he's not doing the thing. Parking that's supposed so like to be the, like a, if it says, like an expectant know, mother. Well, I think he might have said he doesn't do that one, but I hope uh, not. Like the the pickup, you know, this parking's for pickup only, and he'll. He'll park there even if he's not getting pickup. You know, now, see, you're getting me completely out, uh, off of, off track because one of the things I thought about talking about this morning, I think every so often you have to have a like a clearing of the air. I think I think there has to be a we, we used to do the pet peeve of the day, the person that takes up two parking spaces because their car is so precious to them. So. There's a lot of this kind of thing going on in terms of people who feel comfortable skirting the rules that have always been in place. We've talked about this off the air. Um, So anyway, let me I'm going to I have to set the table when Jennifer's not here. (laughs) In just a few minutes, we're going to be visited uh, by Ben Fredrickson, St. Louis uh, Post-Dispatch Sports columnist extraordinaire. And he is going to be visiting with us about the number of um, bets that are going to be placed this weekend on the Super Bowl and how fearful a lot of people are about what that is going to mean to future generations. Uh, Ben always has a take on these things, and uh, we know that this will be absolutely no different. He also told a heartwarming story, I think it was yesterday, about Aiden Haddikin of DeSmet. And someone who works here said that while he was reading the account of what happened when Aiden made his made, he attempted and made a half court shot. Um, and he has, I believe he has Down syndrome. The play, I, they thought that the roof might come off of, of DeSmet High School on ballast. 
But this person was telling me that he was sitting at his office computer reading this and blubbering. So we will uh, we will catch up with Ben Fred in just a couple of minutes. Then Mark Miller is going to join us from Miller Furniture. They have a half price sale and nothing will get your attention quite like a half price sale. So he's going to run down all the details on that. Jay O'Brien on the unsuccessful impeachment attempt and what that means uh, for the Republican leadership. That is all coming up this hour. Next hour, uh, we are wide open and we have so many things to talk to you about. But if you do have 84126, that is your microphone. That's the Royal Banks of Missouri text line. Um, you probably are picking up on an increased hoarseness. In my voice, are you are you picking up on that? I wasn't really, but okay. Is it, are you getting sick again? I think or? I'm getting sick again. And and there is a story uh, this morning about the number of flu cases, and this is something else that that you and I have talked about off the air that I think now has worked its way to an on air full blown conversation with our co host out there. Um, the the flu is on the increase in several states that surround Missouri. So I always think that that is kind of a harbinger of of things to come. Maybe not, but um, have you noticed, because this is something that Connor has said, that he's been sick a lot more lately because you are, or not sick a lot more lately, but yeah, you have. I mean, I, I feel like I pick up little things here and there. There's too many people in the office that are always sick or they are the coughing or they say that there's just allergies but it's the middle of winter right uh josh and everything's gilbert. frozen josh gilbert yeah and you have children josh gilbert mm-hmm. or grandchildren yours truly right yeah well, th- yeah so, i wasn't going to call you out but you were also right. recently very sick any recently i was i was sick for the entire month of january mm-hmm. i had back-to-back flu whatever bugs and it just wiped me out but do you find Eight four one two six. This will this will be a, uh, a a lingering theme here this morning. Do you find that you are getting sick differently since the pandemic? And I know that's going to sound completely weird and stupid, but like a different that's kind what I of do. illness. No, or what, what do you mean? No, what I have noticed since the pandemic, when I used to get sick, and maybe it's because I'm older. I don't know these things. When I used to get sick, it was three, four days, eh, and then it just moved on like a storm cloud. It just mm. it just left the area. Now, I mean, I was sick for the entire month of January. I Obviously, I didn't miss work. How many cooties did I spread because I can't take off a month for mm. sickness? Um, I didn't feel well. It just takes longer to bounce back after COVID. And this is not – this is – trust me, this is not a political statement about the vaccinations – I just feel like I'm getting sick differently than I used to get sick. Does that sound completely bonkers? I mean, is it just an age thing? Where well, you see, thank you. A... Thank you so much, Connor, for well, <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, the question a, needs no, to be a, asked. That's right? the first thing I thought, too. Whenever you say, you know, it's not like it used to be, it kind of ends up. I know. That sounds like Grandma Moses. But if you if you look at the number that you know employees are down there's there's a, some really funny uh, little bits of business on TikTok and elsewhere in social media about understaffed businesses and how nobody is mm-hmm. staffed to the pre-pandemic levels anymore 
And so if you add sickness into that, you have people who are coming in when they should be staying home. So have you, A4126, if you can add any insights uh, to this, I, I personally would really appreciate it. Some of the other things we want to get to, Bob Costas, when he makes a, he's almost like the groundhog, right? When he makes a pronouncement, it's true. I mean, it's just, it's just fact. And he has declared that, the, this was yesterday, he has declared that the Kansas City Chiefs are now America's team. Um, do you subscribe to an America's team type situation? Because for the longest time, it was a Cowboys, obviously. Well, I mean, you know, I don't I don't like them. So it's tough because everybody else does. This is what people have to know about Connor. No, no, no. If everybody it's, else it's loves not, it. It's not because everyone else <laughs> likes them. I just didn't like how they expected us all to like them in the state. That's, what that, that is all. I don't understand what that means. Did you get postcards from Kansas City where they said, hey, brah, how you doing? Love you, Connor. There, there might have been some billboards, I think, at the time. Right? Where? I, I saw no such billboards. On 70, you know, no. you know? This is Chiefs country or something. I, I don't know. Something. Was it in the city limits of Kansas City? <laughs> Was it in Jackson County? No, 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 no. But it, something rubbed me the wrong way, and I, I, don't, I don't like them. Well, this is what you and I have in common because things frequently rub us the wrong way. And usually when I am upset with you for something, it's because I usually do the same exact thing. Uh, You are a mirror image. But we are going to take a very, very quick break and we'll be back with Ben Fred of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. This is the Jennifer and Wendy Show on the Big 550 KTRS. Remember, your microphone, 84126 or our studio line, 314 Nine three one five eight seven seven, the Big Five Fifty KTRS. It's ten twenty four at the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Jennifer is off today, being inducted into the KSDK Hall of Fame. Uh, she will tell us all about that tomorrow. Um, but this is, believe it or not, the lead up to to the, to the Super Bowl. And a great deal of ink has been spilled and a lot of talk radio has been generated uh, over the number of people who are going to be betting. Uh, according to a story on ESPN, 67.8 million adults, that's 26 percent of the adult population of the U.S., could combine to bet 23 billion on on the Super Bowl. Is it Super Bowl 58? Is it 50? I don't know. Is it 58 or 53? We'll have to ask um, Ben. I I sort of blank out, Ben, when it comes to Roman numerals because it's been since fourth grade. (laughs) So I'm not really I'm not really sure of my Roman numerals. 58? Well, it's the uh, LV11. So that's yeah, that's that's 58, Super Bowl 58. 58. Yes. Wow. Okay, so that's a lot of people betting and good morning by the way. Good morning. I was trying to I was thinking about that are Roman numerals now like how did cursive cursive is jealous of the Super Bowl, right? Because cursive used to be the thing that everybody did and understood <laughs> and now no one can now do it. Now nobody can do it. And, and if the, if now, the Super right. Bowl had written like Super Bowl in cursive instead of the Roman numerals, then everybody would at least have to understand something about cursive. Now cursive, nobody knows. It's like a foreign language, but we still have to roughly kind of have a tether to Roman numerals. I'm terrible at them, but 58 sounds right to me. It, okay, so Super Bowl 58. Um, are you, are you like, when you talk to other sports journalists in your sports journalist 
uh, conclaves or enclaves. Do do you talk about the betting? Is that is that a topic of conversation? Yeah, I mean the it's you know it, it's it used to be something that was always. I'm not talking about sports writers betting. Uh, newsflash: There are sports writers who bet um, some some bet. Uh, at uh, degenerate levels, I don't think that should sh- that should shock anyone. Um, it used to always kind of be the thing that was like whispered about or kind of on in the background. It was muted from the from the coverage from the the, the official coverage of the game. Um, you know, it would be kind of looked down upon if a broadcaster would mention, "Oh, you know, the spread is about to get covered" or something like that. Um, Britt Musburger would do it from time to time. Most people would miss it. Gamblers would love it because he was kind of it was kind of a wink and a grin on a college football game. Now, uh, Musburger has his own, you know, gambling uh, coverage site in Vegas with a studio and a casino. Um, and it's we see it everywhere. ESPN has its own betting um, vertical where you can yeah. actually go to ESPN and bet on the website. I and mean, we are seeing teams get involved with. Um, sports betting, embracing it, putting sports books in their stadiums. Um, this, the teams in Missouri, which is one of the last states to not get on board with sports gambling, um, are the teams here are openly advocating for the state to do that. Um, the Cardinals, City SC, the Blues, the Chiefs, everybody's kind of trying to push Missouri in that direction, whether you agree with it or not. But it, it's out in front, and it's making it's making a lot of people a lot of money. Um, it's also really, I think driving some degenerate gambling um, habits in, in a, an age group of guys, young men, especially in like that 25 to 35 age range who the, the reality is you're seeing more gambling issues develop and it's, it's nationally allowed it's legal. And, and some people are suffering from it. So what has, ha- I, I mean, and I realize this is a question that's awfully big for, for one sports columnist to, to write or to, to answer what's happened to us, Ben. I mean, this this has all been happening with little or no resistance from communities. Are we do we just have the attention spans of hummingbirds these days? Or I mean, how could people <laughs> well, say yes. they didn't know this was going to happen? Kid, if if children are now growing up in a world where it is being normalized to wager, what what's going to happen in the future? Well, I think it's been uh, kind of a slow process to get to this point. Look. There's always been sports betting. Um, I mean, guys have been putting money on on horses or, or dogs at the track or, you know, football games for a long time. Uh, it used to be you had to call up your bookie. Um, it used to be you had to you had to maybe risk, uh, you know, getting in trouble if it got too big or if you were the one run one run running it. Um, a few years ago, and it really hasn't been that long ago, you know, the, the Supreme Court may uh, pave the way for legalized sports betting on a state by state basis. And there were people who were well prepared to jump in on that. I think the rise of fantasy sports um, has really encouraged it. Um, people got comfortable with building fantasy teams. There were fantasy sports leagues that were being played for money. Um, you know, the winner of a fantasy sports team would get some money and it's just with a group of friends and it all kind of, I think generated that way. We've, we've fallen in love with March madness and picking brackets for an office pool. And I, I think it's fair to point out that a lot of people can do this just fine and enjoy making some money or losing some money on the side. It's recreational. It's uh, it's no different than, you know, going to for some people that to go into a game and, and drinking a few beers and, and having a good time. It makes them more interested in the game. 
and it allows them to compete and have fun or just have a good time. And I think that's what it is for most people. Um, unfortunately, with anything, um, you know, there's there's people who who have compulsive behaviors and they get sucked in and they're just there's not a lot of safe nets, safety nets for people who have gambling issues. And it's kind of it was actually funny. I don't know if you saw CBS Sunday mornings uh, this week. They were talking about how the rationale behind this is kind of with a lot of people like the same things that encourage cigarette sales without any warnings or or education. Um, people thought, well, if you want to smoke, you know, you're taking that risk. And to some degree, true. But we still slap warning labels on it. We make it hard for kids who are underage to get to. We have a lot of taxes and things on it. And I think sports betting is probably behind in some of those areas because it's newly nationally allowed. How long before, you know, because you, you when you when these conversations pop up, Ben, you do hear people say, what about Pete Rose? You know, if we're normal and I understand there's a difference between betting on your sport, but if it's normalized to this extent, how long before that starts happening or being reported on? Well, Pete, Pete would like to make that case today. Um, I think people would be silly to to take up his cause. Pete was Pete knew that there were different rules for baseball players. Um, and, you know, there is now rules that allow professional athlete athletes to gamble legally but there are a lot of very strict parameters. They're not supposed to do it for the NFL, for example. They're not supposed to do it on the on the NFL's time. They're certainly not supposed to gamble on anything related to the NFL. Um, Pete Rose wasn't just betting on the ponies; he was betting on baseball, right, right, and, and inclu- including games he was involved in. And that's a that's the biggest no no. Um, you know, the Alabama baseball coach just got a 15 year show cause because he was taking information that he had about his own team and using it to place outsized bets against his own team. When he had a player on his team, get hurt um, as the coach of the team. Wow. So any anytime you get involved with something that could be viewed as tampering or betting on something you have an impact in the leagues, um, they have to crack down on that because then you start to get into the integrity of the game and there we've seen scandals in the past right of point shaving of any 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 perception you give to the fan that the outcome could be anything but authentic is bad news and you're right it's it gets you closer to that when you embrace it when you get you know when you become business partners with sportsbook and that's what these leagues are trying to do they're trying to have their cake and eat it too they're trying to say we can we can walk this line but we can also not have it infiltrate our clubhouses, our locker rooms, and they're already finding out that if they're wrong, right? Because there's already been multiple suspensions of players and coaches who have been caught being involved in things they shouldn't be involved in. Yeah, when the horse is out of the barn, I mean, you know, good luck getting it back in. So right, and um, and, and and it's also fair, like like the the point shaving stuff has been happening was happening at times before this was legal. So in some ways, maybe a case can be made. Well, it's no different. Maybe now there's more oversight. And there might be an element of truth to that. I mean, some of these guys in the NFL got caught because they were betting through like they were putting their name and information into an app that's over in some ways as partners with the NFL. So they were flagged and then the NFL investigated. So if they were doing that with a bookie, probably not going to happen. So in some ways, maybe it's allowed to be regulated a little bit more. Um, That's how the Alabama baseball coach got sought. So one thing about it being legal, there's maybe at times able to be a little more oversight. That could be a good thing. 
And hopefully it, it will be. And uh, speaking of a good thing, if you didn't have an opportunity to read Ben's coverage of the DeSmet uh, student, Aiden Haddocken, uh, who did something miraculous and then the student body almost took the uh, roof off of the high school <laughs> on ballast, uh, STLtoday.com. We are already out of time. Ben, thank you so much for making time for us this morning. We appreciate it. You bet, Wendy, anytime. But, hey, now that we – just before we go here, I just need to know, yes or no, are you betting on Travis Kelsey proposing to Taylor Swift after the Super Bowl? Yes or no? No. Okay. All right. Me neither. Am, well, I, surprising. Married, am I hoping with everything in me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's they're going to pro- happen not after the Super Bowl, but they're destined to be together. Oh, I think – I, I totally agree that they will, but I think she didn't mention him the other night at the Grammys. I think they're trying to put some space in between themselves – professionally um i'm rooting for them i love them i don't care if connor gets mad at me so you know that's <laughs> Come on, just a, connor. i'm betting no i think we're gonna, gonna no. hey ben let's start a movement let's change i'm gonna i'm gonna be in touch with connor's mom let's see if we can change his name officially <laughs> legally to in, from connor to contrarian right <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. The the contrarian (laughs) needs us to take a break and he wants me to zip my lips. So we're going to do that. Ben Fred, thanks so much. Welcome back to the Jennifer and Wendy show on the Big 550 KTRS. Jennifer is being inducted into the KSDK Hall of Fame today. So she is not here. She'll be back tomorrow and uh, bring us up to uh, speed on everything that is going on. And we are so happy for her. Uh, We are also happy for ourselves because we have a special guest in the studio. He is Mark Miller. He is the owner of Miller Furniture, a proud sponsor and uh, really a member of the KTRS family here. And you always get everybody's attention when you say half price sale, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, this time of year, people have been, they're going stir crazy. We've been in our houses, you know, it gets dark at five o'clock. We're inside all the time. And so it's always the, it's just the best time of year to have a huge sale. Well, and your locations are, I looked at a map. Did you do that on purpose or I mean, by design, because there is a Miller furniture Close to everybody in this region. Absolutely, yeah. You want to, you want to. The St. Louis area it is spread out, and so we wanted to touch all, you know, all corners of the St. Louis area. So you're probably within 20, 25 minutes of a Miller Furniture, no matter where you live. What are the details when it comes to the half price sale? I know that people have a tendency to to hear it mm-hmm. and to think, oh my gosh, I've got to get in there, and then life gets in the way. So yeah. we have a limited window here, don't we? Yeah, well, we've extended it two more weekends, so it goes all the way through President's Day, wow. uh, and then actually one extra day. We give you that Tuesday as well if if you miss it on the President's Day. But it's it's an amazing promotion. We've been buying for months now to get ready for it because we want to have extra inventory for what we always have as our biggest sale of the year. So we've got extra things. For those of you that like immediate gratification, but also we negotiate with our suppliers for custom order sales. So if you pick something and change the color or change the size of one of our Amish-made bedroom sets or dining tables, that stuff's included too. Um, All in-stock furniture, custom orders, and select floor model mattresses um, all half off. And then with the purchase of select Chatham and Wells mattresses, 
customers will receive a free, free adjustable, adjustable base. base. Oh my gosh! I mean, getting That's a new huge. getting a new mattress is is important, right? But I I believe that the adjustable base is almost as important, if not more. There's so many of us that snore uh, and just have breathing problems at night, and if you can just raise your bed up just a little bit, 10, 15 degrees. It goes a long way. I got to tell you a story from yesterday. This is the, those, those great moments in retail. There was a lady that made, uh, she bought a Tempur-Pedic mattress yesterday at half price at our Fairview <laughs> she was location. She probably crying. Well, and keep in mind, this is a brand new store. These are new mattresses. These are brand spanking new that they're just coming out with the 2024 models. So you're getting them at half price. And she was literally in tears because she knows that it's going to help change, you know, her life. And maybe she made some health goals for New Year's. And like, this is a step towards that. And it ended with with happy tears and a hug. And at retail, it doesn't get any better than that. And speaking of retail, your family has been doing this for almost 100 years. Have you ever thought of writing a book? And I'm, I'm being very serious because um, there is a there's a there are secret formulas and things that are passed down from generation to generation. It's exactly like that in the furniture business. Um, what do you attribute your incredible success too? Great mentoring, um, knowing when you don't know something and you just, uh, my theory on life is just, if you don't know something about something important, find people that do know about it and then start asking them questions until you understand. Right. And so I've done that in every level of the furniture business, whether it's how do you make the best sofa? What's the best way to, you know, to have to organize your colors in your room, like what colors are calming, which ones bring attention, you know, all that stuff, traffic, uh, traffic flow, uh, focal points, all the things, the, the language of design. So all that's important. And what it ends up doing is when you walk in your house, you're happy with it. You're, you know, it's a calming place. It's, it's your castle, right? Right. Exactly. And, and nowadays everything that's going on outside of the house can be very stressful and you want to be able to come into your castle and just really, you know, really relax and enjoy your family time. When it comes to uh, noticing things, my husband, I think, is like a lot of husbands, doesn't really notice things. He still talks, Mark, about the the delivery uh, process because he works from home, mm-hmm. from Mercy. And uh, he he was there. He's usually, you know, for 30 some odd years, he wasn't there when deliveries were made. Um, he said this just blew him away. He said You're, the delivery, uh, the delivery men were so attentive to everything. And, they, you know, he was expecting kind of like a drop it and leave type thing. He said they were there for hours mm-hmm. making sure that everything was set up. So you kind of follow, you're very detail oriented is what I'm getting at. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we run our own delivery trucks. You see the big Miller furniture trucks with the red <laughs> trucks and the M logo driving around. Those are our guys. They work for us. They report to us. And, you know, it, we're a real family business. So uh, my best friend's actually our operations manager. So I got great people to trust. My wife runs the store in Lake St. Louis. Wow. I worked with my dad for 20 years, you know, before he retired. So it's, it's really a, a family business. You have the largest uh, inventory in terms of American made furniture, the largest selection mm-hmm. in the area. Yes. Why? Well, besides it, it feels good to buy American and support, truly support American jobs. And, uh, but also the, the way we make furniture here is amazing. So the Amish made furniture, it's solid wood construction, so you can pick your wood grain. You can pick the color to go with your existing, you know, your your wood trim in your house. You can pick the size so that 
You know, it's that you have all of your good traffic patterns, but it's great. And even it even smells different, like real wood furniture compared to, I agree. you know, almost 90 percent of the wood furniture sold in this country is imported. Nearly 90 percent, mostly made of particle board, veneers. It's glorified paper mache. Right. It's going to end up in a landfill. It will end up in a landfill, but instead you're buying quality American made furniture, solid wood, and it's going to be perfect. You can really, you can really see and feel the difference. The Home Furnishings Association recently gave you a really special designation distinction award. Yes. Yeah. We won Retailer of the Year Award. It is, it's like the Oscar for furniture retailers. It's the, it's just an amazing honor and it just speaks to, um, you know, our reputation within, you know, amongst our peers and uh, within the industry, and they judge you on uh, a lot of different relevant things. You know, I mean, we're we're always donating and sponsoring a lot of local events, and and also you know encouraging our employees too as well. So, you know, we've got a lot of great things going on, and I just it's a team award. I mean, every department at Miller Furniture deserves a ton of credit, and we tried so hard for it, and uh, and we won. It's really good to get some recognition and. It's great. We used to be the best kept secret in St. Louis. Not anymore. And, and no, no. Not I'm, anymore. Yeah, I didn't like that. I like that people are starting to talk about us. It's definitely not a secret, and there's a reason. And uh, you are so right about about real wood furniture and how different it makes your home feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It really is that simple. Uh, give us the website, Mark Miller. Yep, millerfurniture.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R, furniture.com. Thank you for sponsoring Lynn Venhouse because she brings a lot of joy to people and shares a lot of really helpful information with her movie reviews on Friday. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. Thank you for your partnership with KTRS and being part of the family. We do appreciate everything you do. That's an amazing radio station, and I'm so happy to be involved. And uh, you guys are the best. Thanks so much. MillerFurniture.com. You can also visit their Facebook page at Miller Furniture. They have terrific locations. Don't forget uh, the granddaddy of them all in Belleville, Illinois, Fairview Heights, their new location, Lake St. Louis and Ellisville, Missouri. It's 1047 at the Big 550. We'll be right back. It's 1051 at the Big 550 KTRS. It's a Jennifer and Wendy show. Jennifer's off today. She'll be back tomorrow. Connor McCarthy filling in for Jennifer. Uh, Joining us from ABC News is Jay O'Brien, where he has been, he's been really paying very close attention to the impeachment, the attempted impeachment uh, of Mayorkas, thanks to um, Mike Johnson, the, the House Speaker, uh, where are we today? I think we all know where that uh, it ended badly. Let's just say that, right, Jay? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. And and if, forgive me one more time. I have to begin this with an apology. I'm back in that really noisy hallway where I joined you from yesterday, which is right outside the House floor. And it's because we're still kind of waiting to hear some of the reaction from Republicans as to how last night went. Just a few moments right where I was standing, Speaker Mike Johnson gave a press conference And he acknowledged that last night was a setback. He said that democracy is messy. Um, And he seemed to to sidestep the question of why bring this to a vote on the House floor if you knew that you didn't have the votes to get this over the goal line. So just to recap for you kind of some of the legislativeness of this, there were 
three Republicans who voted against impeaching Mayorkas. They believed that it was unconstitutional. They said that this impeachment procedure was weaponizing a policy disagreement. But those three Republicans, because there was one Democrat missing, Al Green of Texas, weren't enough to bring down this impeachment resolution until at the last minute, Al Green shows up in a wheelchair in scrubs. He had been in the hospital and cast the last-minute no vote. And all of a sudden, with his no vote, those three Republican no votes are enough to bring this down. So there was high drama last night on the House floor, which is, again, why I'm talking to you from the noisy hallway of the Capitol, because we're trying to still piece together some of the storylines of where this goes from here. We we appreciate you. You know that. And uh, so it does that does not matter at all. And frankly, we can't hear we can't hear anything. So uh, might be noisy wow. there. It's not <laughs> it's not translating over the phone. So what does this mean for Mike Johnson's future as Speaker Jay? That's a great question. So, I I mean, I think any Republican Speaker of the House in the new iteration of this Republican-controlled House always has to keep in mind that one-member threshold for the motion to vacate, as we saw with Kevin McCarthy. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of conversation about removing the Speaker from his job, Um, unlike there was when it came to Kevin McCarthy, for instance, where Matt Gates was kind of on maneuvers to remove McCarthy for, for literal months. Right. That's the first element of things. The other side of things to keep in mind, though, is that Mike Johnson has still committed to make the effort to remove Mayorkas, because last night at the 11th hour, right as this vote was going to fail, one Republican, Blake Moore, changed his vote from yes to no. And that procedurally allowed Republicans to, it's a lot of parliamentary process, but procedurally allowed Republicans to do a motion to reconsider and preserve the right to bring this up all over again when they think they have the votes to pass it. Most likely when they have the votes to pass, it would be when Steve Scalise, the number two Republican in the House who's currently receiving cancer treatment, could mm. come back in between treatment perhaps or whatever he felt it was a bit, he was able to do it medically, et cetera, et cetera. And that would give them that extra yes vote to offset one of the no votes and put this over the goal line. So uh, Johnson has to bring this back up again. A, he's committed to do it, but B, the hardline Republicans in this party have said they this is a major priority for them. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been very vocal on this issue. So it's something that he's going to have to do again. And he said he's going to do that. The bipartisan border bill, not so bipartisan after all. Yeah, it's 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 dead, it seems. I mean, uh, barring some kind of a legislative miracle. So yesterday, Mitch McConnell, who has been very supportive of this deal, came out and said there just isn't enough juice in his party to get this over the goal line. He acknowledged, and I'm paraphrasing him here, but that the ground has really shifted beneath his feet politically um, from months ago when Republicans, largely even Lindsey Graham, said they wanted this. They were supporting this. They liked these ongoing bipartisan conversations that their colleague James Langford was engaged in with Kristen Sinema, who's an independent, and Chris Murphy, who is a Democrat. And then, of course, this deal comes out, as, as you and I have been talking about over the course of the last few days, and Republican support just continues to fray against it in the Senate. And it culminates really in Mitch McConnell coming out and saying, look, we just don't have the numbers to get this done. And so he's encouraging Republicans to vote no on a key procedural vote on this today, which would essentially doom this legislation. Well, we will look for your reports at the top of the hour from ABC News, Jay O'Brien, and let you get back to it live from the halls of Congress in Washington, D.C. We appreciate it.
Thanks, guys. I'll see you on air on ABC News Live at noon. But I don't want to take listeners away from you. So you guys do your thing. I'll we'll, talk to you later. We'll be there, Jay. Thank you so much. Uh, Jay O'Brien, we enjoy all of our contributors so much from the ABC Radio Network. They are just terrific. Coming up in the next hour, we have plenty of time to talk to you. And then, of course, as we said, ABC News. Jim Fairchild has KTRS Local News. Connor McCarthy filling in for Jennifer Blome. She is at KSDK being inducted into the first Hall of Fame class with several of her longtime colleagues, and she will bring us up to speed on that tomorrow. And she will be bringing Karen Foss by the studios because, of course, Karen is also being inducted. So uh, if you would like to wish Jennifer a, a, a greeting and congratulations, I know she'll be checking the text line throughout the day today, 84126. This is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. It's coming up on 11 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jim Fairchild. As he said, it is 1109 at the Big 550 KTRS. And we now are going to pass along a public service announcement. Uh, It is Wednesday, and you know what that means. So if you are about to be triggered, turn your radio off for just a moment, but come right back. Connor. Yeah, welcome back to the Jennifer and Wendy show, all two or three of you listeners who are left. We do have, this is a 50-50 split. Jennifer is out today. Connor is filling in for Jennifer. Um, you believe? Do you believe this is a 50-50 split or is it 80-20 or in terms of people who like who it like versus... It don't. I yeah. don't know. It's grown on me. I kind of <gasps> like it. Are I, you just saying that to make me happy? No, I never really hated it. It was just... It wasn't my favorite, but I, I do like it now. I do like it. So a texter in the 10 o'clock hour texted and said, will you be playing the remix today? And I had to ask Connor. I said, what are they talking about? He said, he said the gospel version of the Golden Girls. And I so I let them know this is what I texted back. I said, we are. It will only be a minute and then it will all be over. But now we have people texting in saying that they enjoy this rendition from the 636, it makes me smile every Wednesday. Mike from Accounting posted, oy vey. <laughs> so I don't know that. I, I thought that means, oh, God. So you'll have to explain. I don't think, I don't think he likes I it. I don't think he, yeah, he probably doesn't. Uh, someone said, thanks, I just threw up. I just so threw I up. I don't think they like it. Yuck. Um, please take the, take, okay, they, all right, you guys, uh, you're, <laughs> you're a tough crowd. But um, we have, we have nothing but time this hour, and we have a lot to talk about uh, with you, the Royal Banks of Missouri text line. Your microphone is 84126. And um, love it, can't stand it. I've never seen a more polarizing I know. song. But is, is, that, is, that, is that just the way we are here in St. Louis or is it this way everywhere? Because we, 
we will almost come to blows over Provel cheese. I heard somebody say the other day, was it? No, it wouldn't have been here. Um, wouldn't have been on KTRS. It might have just been on social media. Somebody saying, um, I can't eat thin crust pizza or I can't, you know, it's like if that, oh, I can't, you know, these pizza people who are like connoisseurs who, oh, my God, no, I can't do. Provel, no. It's pizza, right? Well, I will say I get it without Provel. I get it with mozzarella. <laughs> and that, I, I, that's how I like it. You get that's, it. I don't like Provel cheese. I know we've been through we've this. Been over it, but yeah. <laughs> so you don't think. But but are we polarized over everything, or is it just things like you know that we call attention to? Um, I, I think little fun stuff like cheese and a song. I think that's fine, right? It's not like it's politics. Look at this from the three one four. That ten hours was only a minute. That okay, and then somebody says horrible, and then love it. Thank you. I love that Wendy rendition or that Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. How self-absorbed am I? I see WDN. It's the Wendy rendition. It's the Wendy rendition. I love the Wednesday rendition. Thank you. Keep playing it. Uh, If you need a subject to talk about, what about all the graffiti in downtown St. Louis? It's ridiculous on the building. What's not to love? I think it's awesome and uplifting. I did too. Uh, You didn't spend money on that sound. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Yeah, sometimes uh, we're just a little dense in the studio, so more is more is more is better. I think the little Richard version is great. Are they calling that the little Richard version? Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't think little Richard did a version. I don't think he version. recorded a version, right? So I don't think he did either. Okay, so getting back to all of the different subjects at hand, uh, these are the questions for for the hour. Um, we were talking to Ben Fred about gambling. I personally, and yes, I am a worry wart. I acknowledge that with pride. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl. I don't know if it's because I'm a mom or a grandmother, but I am a worry wart. I do have trouble with the normalization, monetization, weaponization of betting as part of our economy. Am I overreacting Connor uh no I I mean it's kind of gone really far right you see it in all the commercials now you see broadcast talk about it I I don't know it's it's weird uh it's not the way it used to be did did you just hear yourself yeah I know I know did you hear yourself I'm I'm old okay can you clip that audio and (laughs) save it and send it to me because but no but that it's true Mm -hmm. you do you see you see events like that unfolding in the culture and you think did I miss that meeting? Because I've always thought, because I, I know when I was young, I dated somebody who bet frequently on sporting events. Um, and it was not a problem for him, but I also had a friend whose husband was a, I'm trying to be very delicate and wordsmith here, um, he, he, he was a problem gambler. He eventually kicked it, but she came home one day and their furniture was gone and the refrigerator was gone. So I think that there is something it's it's one of those it's one of those things that we shouldn't be taking lightly. And I think we are taking it lightly. Um, So do you think that does gambling uh, does it bother you? Okay, that's one of the questions. 
Uh, something else that we talked about, the Chiefs being America's team. Connor and several of the texters said, heck no, um, they are not America's team. They are not even Missouri's team. And they resent the fact that they believe it was just sort of a foregone conclusion that all of us over here on the eastern side of the state, having had our yeah, team yeah. leave us, you thought they took that's, it in, that's where for I'm granted. At. That's why I don't really like them. Okay, but explain this Indianapolis Colts thing because I I didn't I don't know this I wasn't is, aware of that. I, I I can't I haven't confirmed this, but I just remember that the Colts kind of doing the same thing. You know, oh Indianapolis is only a four hour drive if you want to check out the Colts games uh, after the Rams left. So I think a lot of the teams kind of wanted the Rams gone. So wait. So then they kind of, you know, step in on the, on the region. So, but, 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 but you're not you're not letting Stan Kroenke off the hook. You're not saying that it was a cabal. I don't, I'm not, uh, no, you're not a conspiracy theorist. No, no. They just were uh, opportunistic and said, well, if they're leaving, we can, we can, we can get some people in on their territory. Um, do you support the Chiefs? Are you excited about the Chiefs? If you live in the 314-636-618-573 area codes. Um, we also were talking about the fact that I believe we get sick in a different way since the pandemic. Um, I am completely surrounded by cooties because I have two absolutely perfect little grandchildren and I'm not going to stop kissing them, but uh, I have been sick more often uh, since they moved home, and I wouldn't trade that for all of the tea in China or money in the world or anything like that. Somebody, this was interesting, uh, one of the texters, because we've had quite a few texts, uh, you are right, there do seem to be more 24-hour bugs, or maybe it's just all in the head. Uh, like head stuffy or even mental because of COVID-19, that instead of bouncing back, uh, we all still have that sort of ill feeling hanging on longer instead of fighting it off. Maybe it is our attitude. Are we just sort of, are we still spooked by COVID and thinking that maybe, because Josh is sort of a world-class hypochondriac, isn't he? Uh, yes. He also claims that he's the one that is getting COVID because he's the one that's still testing. So I, do, do people still test for COVID if they're get under the weather? That's a, that's great, a good question. That is a, that is a great question because I can tell you, no. Mm. I Well, but it when I by the time I work myself into urgent care, it's been like five or six days. So I figure – but I did – wait a minute. I did get – they did test me. I'm sure when I went at to urgent the urgent care. care, they would test you. Last time. Well, somebody somebody else, and I think they were being kind of sarcastic, they said, maybe you could just see your doctor. Well, that's another thing because I think the pandemic has changed among the many areas that have been changed in our lives. I think health care has really changed. Like my doctor, uh, they said, wouldn't generally prescribe anything until like the eighth day or the 10th day. But by that time, and I understand the whole antibiotic debate, but by that time, eight or 10 days, why am I going to go to the doctor? If I'm I'm, right, am I still, if I'm still alive, I guess they're just expecting you to get better by then. I, I guess, I guess. Um, But yeah, so several of you on the 
tax line have said that you do think that you're getting sick differently. A few of you pointed out uh, the awful truth that I am north of 60 and things change. And I think that is, I, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I'm scrolling back trying to find some of those other, uh, we've, like I said, we have, I hope I don't jinx myself, but I am vaxxed and boosted, still intermittently masking, and I haven't been sick since prior to COVID. Oh, boy, what I wouldn't give. Um, Wendy, I take Z-Stack supplements every day. I haven't been sick in over a year. I'll have to look that up. Uh, As you get older, it does take more time to recover from an illness. Recovery from surgeries, broken bones also take longer. Welcome to the rusty years. (laughs) Nothing golden about it, LOL. LOL indeed. Um, Wendy, I absolutely agree. Since the pandemic, I've been getting sick in a different way, and I can't explain it, but it does have to do with the length of sickness. If you talk to people about a cough, most people will tell you, yes, I've had this cough for four or five months. Or, yeah. you know, fill does in the blank. Does that become pneumonia? When is it pneumonia at that point? I don't, I don't walking know. Walking pneumonia, isn't that what it is? I don't called? know. I don't know. But I'll tell you. Yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had walking pneumonia. I've had pneumonia. And one thing that old Wendy, if I could get into a time travel machine and go back and beat young Wendy to death over the decision to smoke, I would. I would. Mm. It's it's just because it, it makes the coughs worse. It, well, it just makes your lungs weaker, and mm. you don't think you know. And and I I've always been very upfront about the fact that I was one of those stupid people that thought it made me look cool. I mean, that was why I smoked. Um, <laughs> it didn't make me look cool. It probably just made me look like a tall person smoking. Um, but yeah, it does. We it, and it doesn't make you look. You don't you don't feel cool in your sixties when you have. Uh, you know, respiratory stuff going on all the time. I love the Chiefs. Picking a team to root for makes any spectator sport more interesting. In St. Louis, we are free to pick any NFL team in the league for our allegiance. That's true. Uh, Separate text. I think the crazy weather across the country this past year also plays a role in lingering symptoms. I think you are absolutely correct. Separate 314, I did adopt the Chief Kingdom. I'm also a big supporter of most things Missouri. Thank you. I agree. Uh, From the 618, love the Chiefs ever since I watched the quarterbacks documentary on ESP. No, Netflix. It was on Netflix. That's right, Netflix. And I don't think they're doing another one. They couldn't get enough quarterbacks, so I think they're doing a wide receiver. I think they're switching positions. Oh, okay. So would that be Travis? Well, he's a tight end, so tight I, end. You know. I never can identify his position. Maybe if he, I think if he really wants to, they make space for him. But I, I kind of doubt he will. Go Bears! Oh, bless your heart. Um, Emo's Pizza will put one hundred percent mozzarella or a fifty fifty Provel mozzarella blend. Oh, I know, I know, because that's that's Is what that's, I get. That's how you do it. So okay. I get. Uh, although apparently the mozzarella is kept like in a small tin. By the oven because they don't think anyone will use it. That's that's what I've heard. That okay. they laugh at me when I order it with mozzarella. <laughs> I just like I, I just love Provel. I don't know why. It's just creamy, ooey gooey goodness. Uh, it is eleven twenty four. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with the song of the day and the quote of the day. Don't go away. Jennifer and Wendy, song of the day. On the Big 550. KTRS. 
A little bit late. Uh, it is 11.29 at the Big 550 KTRS. Today's song of the day. On this day in 1981, were your parents dating yet? Or were your parents in, in high school? Or um, No, I don't think I don't think so. They weren't dating? I don't think they were dating. Or, wow. Or in high school. <laughs> so for those of you... Oldsters, I've I've come up with a phrase, and I'm using it more and more often. I come from an ancient world, and that's how I feel. Mm. And so for those of you who also inhabited the ancient world with me, on this day in 1981, this song began a two-week run at the top of the Billboard Hot 100. In 2021, the Library of Congress selected this song for preservation in the National Recording Registry, Registry, Rubber Baby Buggy Bumpers Registry. For those of you who remember what happened in 1982, this song will remind you of a World Series. Remember that? Oh, my gosh. It, ma- it makes me feel warmer already. I mean, it, it feels like spring. Do you rem- you have some frame of reference I like when that it song. comes to this song? I like that song. And I don't baseball. remember no, you the don't 1982 remember World Series. Because you, but... were, you weren't even. You yeah, weren't, I mean, born. you were 20, almost 20 years away from. No, no. 15 years away from being born? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's almost 20. Is that almost 20? <laughs> if, you round, if you round up, it's that sure. new math. Our quote of the day is from some wise person named Alfred Montapert. Is that? Uh, I've, I've never heard of this person. Expect problems and eat them for breakfast. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good one. 1132, quick break. We'll be right back with more of your text on the Big 550 KTRS. He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star. His job to offer battle to bad men near and far. Okay, kids. It was 50 years ago today. Is that right, Connor? I believe so. That Blazing Saddles was released in movie theaters. And that is what's ironic is it's one of my husband's favorite movies. He 
he will laugh himself completely sick uh, just 30 seconds into the movie. We have been watching it like whenever we have time to, you know, get in like 30 minutes into a, a, a movie. We've been watching it for the past two weeks. We didn't even know it was the 50th anniversary. But that movie would never, ever, ever, ever be made today. Have you seen it? You don't think? No. I don't know. People always say this, but they keep making more things. Like the other day, Josh was saying, they wouldn't make The Office today. The Office? They wouldn't. They they probably, a few of the things. Now, we we have had conversations watching the reruns, and uh, we have said that some of the... Some of the storylines probably wouldn't make it. Well, so there are some things that they would they would cut. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I think they probably would, right? It's an can, R-rated, you know, comedy. They wouldn't Can you? They think, wouldn't uh, release that today. Can you think of uh, anything else? All in the family. I, when I think of some of the things that Archie said about the Jeffersons next door and the Jefferson, well, and the Jefferson said about Archie or, I mean, I, I don't know if that would get made today. Well, maybe not on like a... You know, network sitcom. I don't think. Okay, but- before I go any further, though, this is this is huge. Um, guess who is in the love the Golden Girls remix category? Charlie Brennan. Oh wow, yeah, he loves okay. it. Yeah, he loves it. So, so more yeah. and more, Rick. You know, a- a- in in favor. A four one two six. He said he texted me at eleven eleven, and he said I absolutely love it. And I was like, what does he love? And then I was like, oh. The, the song. Remix. The song. Yes, he does listen to KTRS, and we're so happy to have him calling in, and uh, we're just happy to have Charlie in St. Louis. Period. Uh, from the six one eight, I just recently acquired an AM radio. God bless you. Great programming. I love KTRS. Wow, thank you. Um, from the two one seven, life is rough, but grandkids keep us young. I can't agree with that wholehearted i mean i just can't agree with that wholeheartedly enough um oh my gosh wendy i'm as old as you are somebody help me and i texted back uh we've fallen and we can't get up from the 314 i absolutely love this song it was the um the celebration because it does remind us of of cardinal baseball and happier times are you optimistic about this year's chances or uh sure you know it's always better to be optimistic right if you go in pessimistic, why you know why even watch? Right, right. exactly. Why even why follow why follow any team if mm-hmm. you're if you're going to be pessimistic? Um, one of our texters brought something up that sparked your interest in terms of graffiti. Oh, um, the graffiti, right? Uh, so there was this story about in L.A. a skyscraper that got graffiti tagged on every single floor all the way up the skyscraper, uh, and there's pictures of it. You can you can see it online. It's a big building. I have no idea how they did this. Well, but see, I and I was telling you during the break, I have the same issues when I look at the overpasses um, mm-hmm. out off of Doherty Ferry Road. There's graffiti, or and it might not even be Doherty Ferry. It might be farther or railroad trestle, what have you. But when you see the graffiti over the highway, you're like, how did how did they do right. that? Did they did they rappel down the side? Did they rappel did they- down? Bring yeah. some scaffolding and climb up. I, I don't a, understand how they how it, they do this exactly. And there's only an interstate highway underneath you. And when you are going under the Vandeventer overpass, and I happen to remember, like many of you listening, 
84126 when the Vandevender overpass was under construction and made the Highway 40 extension look like it was it took a week. Uh, the Vandevender overpass took it seemed like it took forever. Uh, but if you're if you're driving under the Vandevender overpass, the the foundry, some of the graffiti around the foundry, mm. it, it some of it looks like artwork. It really does, yeah. like a, a yeah. form of, and I, I realize that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the broken windows theory um, that that we've heard so much about, um, it's an academic theory proposed by James Q. Wilson and George Kelling. It's kind of controversial. Goes back to 1982 that broken windows that that they're a metaphor for disorder within neighborhoods. The theory links disorder and incivility within a community to subsequent occurrences of serious crime. And I don't know if it's just broken windows or if graffiti, but I think there's a there's a sense on the part of many people that a, a you know a, a lot of graffiti is not good for any downtown yeah, area. I, I mean, maybe, but how, I mean, how do you stop it? Right? I guess uh, you paint over it; they're just going to come back. And do it again, right? Because you stopped them, so now they're going to feel like they need to come back and paint over it. But if any of you do have any insider information, and if you can explain, somebody from the seven eight five, Connor, the graffiti artists have really, really, really long. They're arms. like Elastic Man, or yeah, Go like, Go Gadget, like, Extendo arms, <laughs> like like Spider Man. But uh, but yeah, that that if you if you know how they do it. At those heights, let us know, because that is something we've always thought about. How do they do it and how do they, because you'd have to almost be upside down mm-hmm. to do what they are able to do yeah. over the highways. It is, is it a crime on abandoned property and abandoned stuff like that? Um, maybe highways, but, you know, you see it on a lot of buildings that are vacant, right? Is yeah. That a, is it a crime? I guess it depends on the ordinances, and I am not familiar with the city of St. Louis's ordinances when it comes to graffiti. I know that uh, there does seem to be more of it today than there has been in the past. Happy 70th birthday uh, from the 314. We are glad you're listening. It's 1143. We're going to take a very quick break. Connor McCarthy in for Jennifer Blome. She's receiving a big award today. At Channel 5, and she'll be back to tell us all about it tomorrow. The text line is still open, and we love hearing from you. 84126. Quick break, as I said, we'll be right back. It's 1148 at the Big 550 KTRS. Connor McCarthy filling in for Jennifer Blum. She is receiving an award. She'll be back tomorrow. Uh, you have really kept us company here on the text line today. So many uh, terrific texts coming in from all over the place. Artistic graffiti is one thing, but down by the Met Square building on the main streets, it's just bad spray paint everywhere. City of St. Louis has a graffiti removal crew specifically for going out uh, to whitewash everything that's been done. It happens frequently. They whitewash it out, and then the graffiti artists come back two days later. And we have John on the line who does have some inside information as we requested. John, hi. Welcome. Well, good morning, Wendy. Uh, 
I was told by a friend that some of these graffiti artists will use a telescopic pole, which you can loosen and you can raise it up to maybe 25, 30, 50 feet. And then they'll use a roller. And then they get, and then they get the thing and then they just go in. That's how they can get up so high on some of these sections. But that does, so they can use so they can use a telescopic Spray pole. paint and the pole. Mm-hmm. How do they control? Because it still looks remarkably. That makes you know, it the, more impressive. It does well, because the lines are so clean. Perfection. So they practiced all these places, and you know, sometimes I think they'll get on a. What I see is sometimes is on railroad trestles, and what they'll do is they'll climb up and walk along there, and then do their work by going down. You know, this didn't write their words. But it's that's what I was told one time. And every year, if I'm not mistaken, it happened not too long ago. They bring in these artists to paint the flood walls downtown along the riverfront. Yeah. Well, the next that following Monday when I was going to work down Gravoy Avenue, I noticed a heck of a lot more graffiti on some of these older buildings and fences and what have you. So they not only come down and do the writing on the on the uh, walls down there, the flood walls, then they'll go out and say, okay, here's a good spot. Let's put graffiti here. And they go all over and destroy everything. Yeah. Now, and, there, and that, is a, there is something that could be used uh, as a coating. So if they spray paint or paint, it just it won't adhere to the concrete. But the friend of mine who sells this says it's so expensive, you know, it was it's just not worth it to do. It's wow. cheaper to go out and just paint over. Or build the building again. Yeah. <laughs> you see it on the highway walls. Yeah. John, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the welcome. info. You all have a great day. And thank you for listening. Uh, but you were saying that the graffiti artist, Connor, they say that this is art. It's an abandoned building. And uh, it's- sure. Yeah. In that, the example in L.A. that people were talking about, uh, the people that did it are, according to them, uh, artists, right? Right. And they said the building is vacant. We're just going to go in and do it. Um, but it, you know, so the the texter was talking about artistic graffiti versus Spray I don't know, paint. the standard yeah. graffiti. But to me, maybe I'm just not versed enough in the the medium. It kind of looks the same. So you know, who's to say what's artistic graffiti and what's not? Well, right. And there, there's that subjective thing again, um, as Jay Z brought up the other night during the Grammys. But uh, the ownership of the building that is not subjective. So if a building, I guess if it's abandoned, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing. But it sounds like some of these buildings could they still have owners? I'm sure they do. Okay, uh, this building has an owner. They just they stopped paying for security because it was vacant, and they didn't want to do that. I guess anymore. And they, uh, so I'm I'm sure that's a popular uh, target. It's and, kind of vacant and, buildings, right? And they were probably just tired of trying to keep the graffiti artists out there. Um, why don't they hire them to paint City Hall from the three one? It's a good idea. It needs painting. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of um, a lot of these artists are from the county. Uh, people assume that this is gang related. It is not. I have not assumed it was gang related for some time because that was yeah that I was I think that was back again back in back the eighties. Yeah, um, from the seven eight five for the guys. This is this is a public service announcement for the guys dragging their feet. It is one week. From Valentine's Day. Um, so you have been you've been warned.
Is that a big deal for guys? Do do guys talk about Valentine's Day? Like, what are you going to do for Valentine's Day? Or did you? What do you? What does she want for Valentine's? <laughs> I think Day? that's probably more like what is you know. Maybe some guys are really into it. I don't know. I yeah, think see, it's more just you know. Well, it's something we got to do. If you took a call during the show and said, "Hey, what are you going to do for Valentine's?" I think I might fall off this chair and hit mm-hmm. my head. Yeah, because I don't think that's that's where not that's not in your orbit. Um, some used motor oil will cheaply not let the paint stick. Right, but then the building's covered in motor, motor oil. oil. Right? Yeah, so. I don't know that graffiti wouldn't be better. Uh, from the 314, our office is in South St. Louis, not vacant. It has been tagged many times, often with gang-related symbols. Okay, so we are corrected. City Hall cannot be another 314. City Hall cannot be painted. Uh, those stones are stained like that permanently because it was built a long, long time ago. So they can't do anything to it? No, they can't restain it? or is that? I, you I, would think they could sandblast it or, or whatever it is they do in Washington, you know, when they cover the Capitol building with scaffolding and it takes forever. Um, is it called sandblasting? 84126. Uh, and I guess the verbiage is tagged. If you with graffiti with graffiti, right? So it's not really spray painted. You you tagged it. You yeah. tagged it. Yeah, like if, a deer. If they're using like those fifty foot long poles though to paint up there, that and is really that impressive is, to that me. That is very very because you impressive. probably can't even see it. So how are you, I mean, they do a pretty good job for being so far away from it. And I presume they're doing this in the dark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably not in broad daylight. Yeah, yeah um, that is, if you cover a building in oil, are you basically, <laughs> Mike from accounting, if you cover a building in oil, are you basically basically creating a giant candle? Good point. Yeah, we as, already have a lot of fires uh, downtown, always, right? Yeah, we don't need that. The coating that John spoke of is a Teflon, and it is, as he said, very expensive. It's used quite a bit in cities in California, maybe with all the rain. It will just wash the graffiti off. Have you been looking at any of that footage? Uh, from the storms. Yes. 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 Uh, the L.A. River, the, oh, the cement. It is always. Th- it's always really like a, low. It's almost, I think it's a joke to call it a river, but not not now. It right looks, now. It looks very much like a river. It looks like something in the Rockies in, uh, in California. So, yeah, we will have all of the latest, and I, I, I wasn't sure whether they had updated that story about the missing helicopter with five people aboard that was that was on its way, I believe, to Nevada, uh, but it went out of range and in bad weather. So uh, I know ABC will update that and um, and all of the other news from around the world and, of course, the nation and then John, Julie, and Max come your way next. And I'd like to take a moment to thank Connor McCarthy for filling in today. You oh, did a- no, no problem. Thanks for putting up with me you for did. a little I, bit more. Uh, I absolutely adore you. You are fun, even though we will never probably agree on most things. I think we agree on a lot of things. I think we do. Yeah. I, I I think you're right. I think we agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're both kind of <laughs> we're both kind of contrarians when you think about it. Why would they wait this long to try to clean it? That's the problem. Who's going to I mean that's and it gets back to another topic was, you know, the pre-pandemic staffing levels 
we're not back there yet. I don't think anywhere. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for keeping us company, as I said, and uh, helping us solve all the world's problems. So Keep your dial right here on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. The Connor, the uh, Connor. I almost said the Connor Show from three to six. The Heidi Glau Show with Josh and Connor from three to six. Carney up next. Seems we just get started, and before you know it, comes the time we have to sing.